This gentleman, if you're not already familiar with him, he has an awesome YouTube channel. His name is David Watts, and he has joined us via Skype. Hey, David. Have we got you? Hello. Yeah. I don't know if I'm on screen at all because the stream is well behind, so I have no idea. Should be good. Okay, good. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, as Eric said, I'm David Watts, uh, and I'm joining you on stream tonight. Uh, by the way, uh, just so your listeners uh, get a little bit of um, uh, big up for you, uh, if everyone can just click that little thumbs up just underneath the amount of people watching, uh, that'd be great. So thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. David, so good to have you here tonight. Thank you for joining us. It's uh, it's truly an honor to have you here. David has his own YouTube channel and has done very well in sharing a lot of really, really cool projects with us all. I know I got a lot of inspiration from David's channel directly and probably what inspired me to go with a, a lot of the projects I did. Even though I didn't discover some of his videos until after I had made my own at least twice where I'm like, crap, David, you already did this. Anyway, uh, David, if you if you care to share a little bit of your background with the crew, right? My background. Well, um, let's. Go, I'm not going to go too far back because that would take a while. But let's start off with where, with kind of education, I guess. Uh, so, I guess we're talking about electronics and stuff like that and hobbyist stuff. So I started doing computing a long, long time ago. I'm kind of like 32 now, so it's not. I'm not massively old. But I started doing a higher national diploma, HND, in computing way, way back, very early 2000, maybe 2000. Uh, and that was sort of, it brought me into the, the arena of programming, but it turned out I didn't like that. So I did a year of that course, uh, dumped it. This is at university. I dumped that course, and then I started doing something called media technology. It's not something you'll find today that's sort of a dead <laughs> subject. Unfortunately, technology moved a lot faster than anyone really thought. So this course only existed for about two years I was doing it. Uh, and so I was the last graduating year of this degree. And media technology actually had nothing to do with electronics. I think I remember us doing the Nyquist theorem once, which is about signal-to-noise ratio. Yep. I think I made an AM radio at one point using one of those, um, I can't even remember what they're called, they're like carbon rod with a with wire wrapped around yep. it. It's like a... What, what are they called? I, I don't remember the proper name, but that's what I had for in my first electronics kit for the first antenna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, a well, ferrite, ferrite core. Ferrite core, that's it, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so I remember doing that, and but nothing else. All of So my entire education came from either my father, who, uh, who he didn't necessarily do electronics. He liked making things. So uh, my grandfather and my father, they both like making things with woodwork and metalwork and stuff. So my granddad had this really cool workshop in his in his basement. He had the lathe, like a really big old lathe, not like a, a smaller, more compact one, like a huge lathe. <laughs> uh, and he had like one of those pillar drills and, and all sorts of stuff and like old model ships and things he built. But my dad also did sort of hobbyist stuff. And he also worked on cars a lot. So we had a lot of influences when we were kids about making things. And when I went to university, uh, in, indeed, A-level, I didn't have very much. Uh, A-level is, is like high school. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of uh, sort of making influences in my life. But when I was at university, I got to making video and I got to making audio and websites in the very early days of the internet, mind. 
Uh, so these were all terrible. And also video <laughs> was like 320 by 240. Yes. The kind of thing you'd be yeah. editing on a PC. All coming from like a tape. Uh, so no, there was no digital anything. I think we had some digital cameras. That was about it. So I started making digital products or uh, sort of websites mainly. That was, that was where I started. I did a bit of freelance as well. But that was, I mean, everything I'm ashamed of about what I did back then, <laughs> looking back now. Uh, and then it was only, God, how many years ago? Five years ago that I really started looking at making uh, electronics. Uh, so the idea was that I wanted to make something on my computer that would control a real life object. So I wasn't really bothered about what that object was because I was into programming. But then I quickly realized that you could only go so far by buying something um, to connect your computer. So like, do you remember, a long time ago, there was this thing, it was a robotic arm and you'd plug it in by USB uh, and they were terrible, they really were. It's not like the <laughs> Mi arm that's available now that you can, you can get, I can't remember who makes that. There's a really nice dude on the internet I spoke to uh, I don't know, it's on Hackaday, it's on loads of things. They sell it in the Hackaday store, actually. Oh, very cool. Um, it's me arm. It's all those little um, 9G servos and stuff. Yep. yep. Uh, but this was old school, so we're talking 90s yep. sort of technology. Yeah. And it was this arm thing. And there was oh, yeah. one at my school, uh, and so we'd played around with that. Uh, and the BBC Micro, that probably wouldn't have made it to Canada. I, wouldn't have thought I don't think so. But they had this thing it was like a it's called turtle graphics logo it was called and it's this I, robot i had toys. logo in my school we had icons with, yeah, oh yeah it was a so the logo turtle graphics thing was an yeah. on-screen thing with a little turtle and yeah. you could tell it to go forward forward left left and and then you'd have it in a for loop um which i didn't know what it was at the time but essentially it would create some kind of spirograph type pattern yeah uh, and so that was a device connected to a computer. And so when I'd left university, I'd learned a lot about programming, I decided I wanted to create something like that. And, you know, amazingly, it wasn't as easy as I thought. You no. know, there's so much to learn around it. And I spent probably about a year after I left university, very, I didn't spend a lot of time on it because I had a lot of other things to do when I was younger. Short attention span, trying to make friends, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so I spent about a year learning about electronics, and I got so many small basic things down that I, I was able to pick up kits and start soldering and understand how they worked. And I never, ever did get anything connected to the computer via USB. And, and it was my sole aim to do that. It really was. That's what I set out doing. And so over the course of the last three years, two, no, two or three years, I think, uh, I started learning more about the online community that's available for people who want to learn electronics. And so I started picking things up, talking to people, doing a lot of research, getting books out of the library. Uh, and that's how it's all come about, really. So that's my background. Is I'm self-taught, uh, and I just had uh, a, bit of, a bit of a drive to learn a bit more and to take what I was using on the computer, so that, that digital world, and start affecting the real world in some way, which wasn't an easy prospect even though i thought it could be done i think films really trick you in that way mm. that you see you see someone tapping yes. away on a computer like just randomly <laughs> all over the place everything's and fine suddenly something happens in the real world when yeah. really it doesn't work like that it's all on screen usually so my background is that i wanted to move from my my pure pure digital space into a real space and affect the real world and i think i'm starting to do that just absolutely it's, it's all evolving into a completely different thing it's not the same thing i wanted it to be but it's certainly my background very cool 
So you've got a very successful YouTube channel. You've done well, some amazing videos. Tell, tell the viewers a little bit about it for those who aren't familiar. Okay. And future viewers who don't know who you are. <laughs> well, for those who don't know who I am, I am the guy that made sock puppets once in a YouTube video. <laughs> I was hoping you'd share received, that. <laughs> it received um, thousands of hits in a very short space of time. Uh, and I think it's on like, I don't know, hang on, let me just, <laughs> going on the internet, I'm going to go and find out. How it's got. Some random so site still linking to it. <laughs> it's an awful lot, so puppet. Let's see. Uh, 137,000 views, which for anyone who does a small YouTube channel that had like 700 subscribers or something, no, less than that, I think. And I'll tell you where those subscribers came from in a second. It's a really weird story. So I didn't start making, I didn't make electronics on YouTube. Uh, that was not what I did at all. It was really weird to start with. Anyway, I made this sock puppet video uh, for odd reasons. And it went sort of nuts. Loads of people started picking it up. And I realized it was because I put the right search terms in there. And so people looked at it and commented. And I didn't do it seriously at all. It's like I did some dinosaur noises. It was weird. It was really odd. Anyhow, I started this YouTube channel. Uh, and it's called like David J. Watts or whatever. I use my name. But like, if I was going to create it today, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> use my name. Uh, because now I'm tied down to that whole thing. And it's not really, it doesn't really tell you anything about what the channel is. But so I started this after I, I broke my ankle in a few places. Um, the tibia and fibula. Is it tibia? Yeah, tibia and fibula. So I broke those in a few places uh, after I played some football. Uh, so I ended up having a year out of football and about six months off work. Ouch. Uh, was, yeah, it was in a, like a, a leg cast right up to my hip. Uh, so like a full leg cast, which was a bit debilitating. But it meant that I could shuffle around at home. And I had this camera because I was still into sort of photography and, and cameras and things at the time. So I had this camera and I started to do these little vlogs. And because I'd become so insular during this time of having a broken ankle and I couldn't go out or anything, I really got into it and like this online community opened up and it was brilliant. But most of the people that watched those videos at the time, I'm not sure how PG this is. Um, hmm. So if there are children listening, it's a bit weird. Cover your ears. Uh, yep. they, most of the people watching had this weird cast fetish. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I don't know what it is. I didn't embrace that at all. I just sort of dismissed it and I didn't mind because people were watching the videos and, and sharing them and stuff. So anyway, I did this one video on, let's see if I, what was it called? Drawdio or Drorido, that's it. Uh, it's an Adafruit one, actually. Uh, and it's a kit they make. And it's a theremin. It's a little theremin attached to a pencil. So it uses okay. the lead of the pencil as a conductive agent through your, your finger. That's uh, bizarre. Then you touch a bit of the paper where you've drawn the lead. Yeah. And that becomes like a sort of a circuit, essentially. Yeah. It measures the resistance and makes a noise through this little speak yep. it. So I made this thing. Uh, I called it Draw Draudio, another project to make and fail at. Um, and it was my first thing doing electronics in a long time. And I had one of these. Do you, I had a soldering iron. Well, it's a soldering gun. I don't know. Have you ever used one where it's got a trigger like that? Yeah, right I still have multiple guns. They are the most inaccurate tool for soldering yeah. small parts I've ever used. But I managed it. I did that. And I loved it. And the moment I'd made this thing, I thought, how does that work? I didn't understand. 
And so I went at it and I started learning loads and loads of things. Yep. And then the channel just sort of exploded and I really wanted to start making new little projects that people could look at that I could learn. And so I started building up this subscriber base. And it's not, it's not a massive channel. Um, I've got about 4,000 subscribers, I think, yeah. uh, which is, you know, under half of yours. <laughs> it's fantastic uh, yeah. is what it is. That's, no, that's no, a I'm, lot of people. I'm so happy that, that people uh, want to watch them and learn as well. And that was the main Absolutely. thing, really. I, because I was picking up so much from other people, I wanted yes. to find a way of giving back. Because you, you can read things in a forum and not comment because you don't have anything else to add or other questions to add. Uh, and it sort of feels a little bit, when you do that, you're taking that information and not giving back in any way. And you're Agreed. just doing it for your own projects. And I think that people should give back in a way and say, I found this information here. Here's the project I've made. And that's what I decided to do. So I decided to build up all these videos and things that I was making. And the first one I did was the word clock, which set me on this uh, sort of, journey of creating projects so that was the the starting point was creating a word clock which was a clock that told the time in words rather than in numbers and so that's that's where i started with youtube and that's where it's still going it's still the idea very cool i can i can relate to that start and <laughs> i'm gonna throw something out there just because it's a little funny the sock puppet video that that started things uh, guys that know, uh, the, I featured the, the Hacksmith, another YouTube channel. He got his start doing backflip tutorials really? on, on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, went viral, got a ton of hits. Uh, yeah, you guys have something in common there. I never had anything go viral early on. I made crappy Learjet videos, but it worked out oh, good. Not, not got, Actually, they're uh, they're insanely horrible, but <laughs> but it, it it taught me a lot. And heck, wherever we start from. But I really resonate with your comments. I think this is what bonds a lot of us. This this um, this scales of life thing and how we learn from each other. But when we feel that we haven't given enough back, we look for opportunities and ways to do so. And YouTube has given us that. And as a content creator, I, I totally resonate with your, your comments on that, that uh, YouTube gives us uh, a path to give back when on our own time, make a video how we did something and just put it out there. Who knows? Maybe it's of use, maybe not. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun. You yeah, can... I, I agree. I think even if you read a tutorial online, you follow a forum. Let, uh, I'll give Adafruit is a really great example. They're tutorials I go back to all the time. Yes. Just to look up, you know, wiring for a display for the um, Nokia 6110. I can't remember what it is. Is it 50? 5110. 5110. Yeah. The wiring that I go back to that every time because it's yes. not something you can just keep in your head. Those no. like which ones you put on. Is it Mizo, Mozzie? Yes. It's SPI, isn't it? That's uh, right. So I, I just go back to that every time because I know it's a great resource and I look at it. So if I think if anyone goes to see those things and create something they should say this is you know this is a good resource you should go here here's a picture of me uh with this project or here's a picture of the project i think everyone that has the ability to share those things yes should share them because uh, it points everyone in the right direction and and a comment on that because you brought up adafruit they the the libraries that i use in arduino and i know you use as well like the 5110 
uh, Lady Ada did an awesome job of putting out these amazing tutorials and libraries. It's very important if we share that info that we give credit where credit is due to the people who came before us. In any of the code I publish, if I have libraries in it, you'll always see leave the metadata, leave the original yeah, yeah, comments intact. Always leave that for it for the people who laid the way before us, and I think it's really crucial. And whenever possible, link back to the website, like learn.adafruit.com. Oh, can't fail! Amazing stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, um, sorry, I'm just trying to watch the dropped frames, which we have none of. We're doing good, and well, some good. some people are saying the stream's a little dicey in places, but um, we're totally good on our end. Two thumbs. Um, I think people might be searching for your videos too. Uh, you've been working on a lot of PCB designs lately. What are you currently working on? And let let people know about that. Okay, well, I'm working on several things at the moment. But well, actually, I'll go through some of the things I'm working on, and then I'll add the little caveat in at the end. Uh, I'm working on. Well, I've just finished. I haven't actually got it with me. Um, I've given it away already. Uh, I made a little LED matrix, an SMD LED matrix. Guys, that's open source for you right there. He already gave it away. <laughs> I did already give it away. There's an electronics club at the university I work at. And they're all like great kids and everything, but you know they don't have the experience to do a lot of stuff. So I like give them my old projects so they can use it as some inspiration, play around with it, you know, mess around with the code if they want to. Uh, and so I just give it to them so they can play around with the stuff. Because I'm, I've got three of these things. I can make another one. It, yep. They wouldn't have. I guarantee they would not have been able to solder this thing in anywhere near the time that I managed. For to the do. record, that outputs. that thing looked like a pain in the butt to solder. By oh, the way, God, it was. <laughs> but I'm really used to SMD now. So I made this, um, and it it is all building up to something. So eventually, it it's sort of going to be. I know this was an all-in-one solution, but so for the viewers, what is that? Well. Uh, I would like to make a robot. So I didn't want to start off just by making a little platform. Uh, I want to make something a little bit more integrated. And I want to palm off a lot of the movement and sort of the heavy lifting of the robot itself to an Arduino and some of the display stuff. So uh, I'd like it to have a little LED matrix chest in its body. I don't know if it's going to be walking. It probably won't. Uh, but I'd like it to look really retro and awesome. So I wanted to have a little LED matrix. I was also making this um, this board here, which was a, uh, it's an 80 mega 32U4. So it's an Arduino Leonardo clone, essentially, which means you can just plug it in straight at US, via USB and reprogram it. Now, this was going to be one of the little modules I attached to my robot so that it could do things and be easily reprogrammable. And it's also battery powered, so you can throw a LiPo on there, 3.7 volts, and boost it up to 5 volts, and it also has recharging on board. Now, it's not the right form factor, but it, the idea was that I would just learn to see if I could create a circuit like this, have it attached to a single uh, button to have it latching or not, and make it successful. But unfortunately, I didn't. But <laughs> I'm going to sort of uh, finish this off, finesse it a little bit, and make it work. But I'm waiting for some, uh, I've separated this board out into three parts now so I can figure out what went wrong, because I don't know, unfortunately. And I also did this USB HID thing recently. And that's because, do you remember I was talking about how I've always wanted to plug something into a computer and program it? Well, the idea is that I would be able to do that. So 
I've been working on actually realizing that idea that I had like three or four years ago. So this was the volume control one or yeah, the yeah. volume control. So it has uh, a PWM light to show the, the volume itself, not controlled by the computer mind. Um, and it's got a, a little rotary encoder on here. I could probably get these a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, little rotary encoder. Uh, and a load of broken out pins for programming. Uh, and it's also got the 80 mega 32U4 on there as well. So that one was a pretty easy one to make, and it's really tiny, and I was very impressed with it. He and says all... easy, folks. Did you see the complex circuit there? <laughs> well, I did want to sort of talk a little bit about PCB design as well, but we'll go into that in a second. But So all of these projects were meant to be building up something, so they're thematic, really. But yep. there's no overarching design yet, because I'm still learning quite a lot as I do. Uh, I think, I mean, I showed this on a stream a little while back, and I haven't covered all the things, and I had to, like dates attached to these. I'm sort of saying it like you can see it's on my screen now, but uh, I'd sort of got these sort of topics that I wanted to cover in my videos that were coming up. So one of them was this uh, GSM GPRS module. Another one was the GPS module, and I've covered both of those now. Uh, and then I'm going to try and sort of link them together as well soon. But that's for this high-altitude balloon project that I'm working on with the kids at the university. Uh, nice. Sort of following in your footsteps there. But I want to make it first so that I know how to guide them when they're making it. So yes. that's the idea. I'm not really sending this balloon up. It's for them to do. But yep. I want to be able to, to guide them in it. So I've got to do that. Uh, I teach at the Electronics Club uh, on a sort of voluntary basis. I'm not paid lecturer or anything like that. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, you don't get a lecturer in um, in Arduino-based stuff. I mean, they do yeah. embedded electronics, but yeah. as an industry thing, they don't teach uh, Arduino or anything like that. No. It's, all, it's all very different. Uh, and it's, a, it's, not, it's not really the same ecosystem or the same ideals that you have with Arduino, which is more about experimentation and fun and, and just seeing what works. Where the embedded systems is all about working to briefs and yeah. you know, achieving specific goals, and whereas Arduino is a bit more fun. And that's what the, I mean, the High Altitude Balloon Project is only fun. I mean, I can't, there aren't really any practical applications that can come from just throwing that balloon up there apart from learning, and that's it. It's just, yep. just learning, which is, which is great. And it's what the Electronics Club is all about, really. Absolutely. Very imaginative name for that club, I might add. I did try and get them to come up with some kind of acronym, but they weren't up for it. They just mm. went for Electronics Club. I think it might affect the uptake of that club. <laughs> that can be changed later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I was working on... Um, so on this board here, there's an LT1302, uh, which is the little boost, 5-volt boost. And uh, it will kick out 600 milliamps at 5 volts. I know that because I've written it on the back of the <laughs> so I remember. Perfect. Um, and I was going to work on this little development board. So I'm, I'm getting one, not printed, but milled. Uh, the university have got some uh, sort of facilities to do that. So they're going to mill me a board. And it's so I can make sure that my design works for that. And it's not that going wrong with the board. So I was going to work on that. Also a single latching SMD version of uh, a board I did a while back. I did a video on um, a single latching button, uh, which Dave Jones made originally, but I altered a little bit. So it had some voltage sensing. So it would cut off the circuit if the battery voltage of a 3.7 volt LiPo went below the voltage that I prefer it to stay at, which was 3.3 uh, volts, I think. So I didn't want it to go below 3.3. Uh, they can go down to 3, I think, or 3.1, but you don't really want to drain no. too much. So 3.3 volts I thought was fine. It's used most of its power, all but uh, like 15% or something by that point anyway. Uh, so I wanted to have a, a SMD 
thing with that included. Uh, so that's what I was working on. An SLP, uh, SLP, an SPL meter, which is a sound pressure level meter. Yep. It's another project I was working on. Very that cool. was for a, a studio, so it would cut off stuff. There's loads and loads of stuff that I've been working on, but I haven't actually finished, so no <laughs> one sees them, which is terrible. But, you know, all, those st- all that stuff is, like, floating around in my brain, but I'm not quite finished yet, or written it up either, which is the worst. Actually, one thing I did want to mention... Oh, sorry, I know I'm off camera. I did say I haven't written it up, but I, as a bit of advice to anybody uh, doing electronics, I have uh, a little book, uh, and so everyone should have one of these, David can't Absolutely. see this yet. He'll see it in a moment on the screen. But yeah, I also do. I also have the same type of book, and do it's you? it is full of handwritten notes. Yeah, I I have a, I don't you can't see it. Let's see. yeah, we can see oh, that this pretty one, good. This one's terrible. I don't know if you can see that. The the Twitter status yeah, TV. I to, this was my first Raspberry Pi. Oh no, it wasn't. This was an Arduino project. Oh, it was connected to the Commodore sixty four. That's what it was. And so you know, I write down all these like. Um, <laughs> These were LED matrix things, so that, that's the the array of digits. So I was trying to figure it out in my brain. Oh, I thought that was really a whole bunch of binary communication or something. No, no. <laughs> Although I, I do know how to convert binary to hexadecimal, de- decimal, and uh, to ASCII as well, actually. But that was something I learned at university. So uh, let's skip to a page with some interesting stuff. All oh, right, okay. This is the. I mean, it's backwards on my webcam. I don't know what it is. This was, so this it looks was the fine. IR reflectant stuff. So I'm actually drawing circuits. Dave Jones would call this Dave Cat, I guess. Yes. Um, but I find it uh, a really easy way of... Um, so this is... Uh, that's some, I think that's summing of an audio signal, possibly. I don't know. I have several of these little books, and I leave them lying around, so I scribble in them all the time. And these, this is just my journey through electronics and if i forget something i could just look through and go okay this was this was the stuff i was working on before that's how i wired up that uh, 4050 uh, chip for the nokia 5110 there uh, or that's how i worked out that i needed a, a 74hc125cn uh, chip to do the voltage level translation for the Commodore 64 user port or something like that. There's loads of stuff in there. Random stuff. So you need, you desperately need a little notebook. I think that, you know, if you were younger, perhaps, I know this sounds, I don't mean to say that I'm really old or anyone my age is too old for this, but you can do things like OneNote online and it's like a... Evernote, OneNote, yeah, Yeah. lots of options. That might be really good for some people, but I'm (sighs) still a pen and paper guy, unfortunately, so I still do that, but they're absolutely invaluable. Otherwise, you have like little bits of paper, like this bit of paper here, which is... God, what is this? MOSFET load ADC sense pin. I don't even remember because I didn't put it in the book and I didn't write a title, so I've just got bits of paper strewn all over the place, and that's when... I've been lazy and not picked up the book. So Dave, I've got lots and lots of projects, but they're all still in that book, unfortunately. So I, I, I don't know what our age difference is. I thought I was maybe older than you, but I forget. But I'm I too. Okay, so I've got you by four years. I use the Evernote. Actually, I use OneNote um, in my professional life. But for, for I know you won't be able to see this, David, but other people can. This is one of my other notebooks that's entirely full. And I've run out of space in this one. And I have three of these on the go. 
I really, for electronics and YouTube and video creation and ideas where, like in my case, where makeme.org is going, I really, really like these cheap notebooks. It it sounds foolish and it sounds old school, but I embrace both and I still prefer this for this part of my life. I don't know why it is. It just old school have very quick and easy and you don't have to think about how am I going to draw this on the PC. You just draw it out. So much I can faster. see it. I can see all the books you've got now. <laughs> no, there's this thing. It's called the Boogie Board Sync. Uh, you should look it up. I've been thinking about getting one. They're a little bit too pricey for me at the moment. But they are, do you know those, a magic pad or, is it called a magic pad? Magic slate. That, no. I think that might be the American term for it. It's a little magnetic sheet and you scribble on it with a pen and then you could just wipe it off. Oh, yeah, like an, an Etch-A-Sketch kind of thing, except exactly it was... Like that. Yeah. Except for these ones, you can save it to a PDF on the device and then sync it to your computer later. Uh, so I'm thinking about picking one of those up so that I can save all of my drawings and notes to a PDF rather than having these notebooks. But I still am in love with the notebooks at the moment. It would be really neat for me, particularly since I've just embraced GitHub. I just leaped into the 90s sometime recently somehow. <laughs> but but if, if I could do those scribbles, if I could do in PDF and save them in Git along with those projects, that actually might be really cool because I know I would appreciate being able to see, see someone else's scribble pad when I'm recreating their project because a lot of good info comes in there you can glean a lot about how people drew something out or didn't draw it out <laughs> yeah i think it's also it's all in i don't know what i'm going to say cliff notes but i'm not quite yep. sure or it's all in the margins that's the expression that's I'm right. looking for. that's yep. the secret it's all in the little notes in the margins it's that thought process that goes through making stuff i mean you can you can very all very well look at someone's project that they've made and stuff that i've made but if you don't have some of that thought process to go along with it, you don't get the same learning process that they've gone through. So I think seeing those little diagrams is probably really, really useful for people. The context is key. And that yeah, brings yeah. us kind of full circle back to why video works so well for some of us, because you can see the context behind a project as it's being put together or what someone is sharing about it, where they accentuate the details. Where, uh, from a book that's very difficult or PDF online. <laughs> I've just seen the glitch that's sponsored by OneNote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Any plans for some more live shows coming up, David? Uh, not yet. Well, yes. Yeah, definitely plans for live shows. But the problem is trying to find a format I'm really comfortable with and that I know will sort of work. And it's it's really tough to go because you've got an amazing example of a live show that works and people really enjoy it. I enjoy it, so I know it's good. But trying to find something a bit different is is hard. And I don't know if I, I don't know. <laughs> it's the answer. I'm not sure. I'm. I mean, I love doing it. It's really exciting, and I like interacting with people. But finding the right format where people are going to be entertained and informed, because I don't want it to be just some kind of entertainment thing. You can go and watch uh, anything for that. Telly is for that, really. Uh, I it's would not like the to... same, though. Come no, on. That's true. But I, I want it to be entertaining and informing. Uh, and I'd also like it to involve other people rather than just me, because I'm, I don't think I've got enough time. I'm certainly not clever enough to, to pull off an entire live show 
hold court by my stuff is what I mean, really. So I'd rather it be a collaborative thing. So I'm thinking about it still. Um, it's certainly on the cards. It's not. It's not passing me by. I'm enjoying. I'm doing this like I'm streaming games at the moment, not for anything in particular, just because I like playing computer games. But uh, so I'm doing that, so I get used to streaming, and I'm enjoying that. Uh, so it's still on the cards, and I definitely want to do something in terms of making and technology. And I've got some ideas surrounding like doing live builds. I thought that would be really cool. Um, I thought that was great, by the way. Love seeing the thought process that you put into the design and your live show there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it actually, but I think I wish I hadn't done it so off the cuff. You know, I think I, I could have shown more. I could have uh, actually not told it, not given a lesson, but uh, show some of the pitfalls that you you find when you first get into doing uh, either working with. I mean, I I showed um, I can't remember what it was. Was it a forty twenty seven chip or something like that? Using those chips as a various pitfalls but also using eagle cad there are loads of pitfalls that you fall into that will throw you right out of it and will make you not want to touch the thing for days and days and days or or totally give up so there are loads of things that that you will do um and as a massive computer nerd i'm perfectly prepared to work through the quirks of software whereas other people aren't quite so familiar with software quirks and won't go oh this is this is that this is this is another thing i'll have to work around it this way rather than that um so there are some certain things, and I probably should think about perhaps redoing that exercise and, and showing people those pitfalls. So th- there's lots of ideas. I just haven't nailed anything down yet, or certainly settled on a schedule, which I really should do. It's all right. You let us know when the time comes. Definitely no rules here to format, and there's no rules against formats being repeated across. Uh, people watched Seinfeld multiple days every week for what (laughs) how many years it was in the teens and uh, i'm sure there are plenty of people out there will gladly watch any making or inventing or hacking or electronics or any of your skill set on any night of the week david i truly believe it cool well i will i will try and get something done and if anyone watching has got any ideas uh or would like to take part um you don't have to be on the screen or anything. You can just throw in a project and say, David, make this, and I'll try and do it or something. Well, that would be great if anyone would tell me. Absolutely. That'd be great. Parting words, David, before we close out? Uh, yes, I have a quote for you. Uh, oh, I like quotes. <laughs> well, this it's is, not one of mine. <laughs> this is a quote from a guy called Brett Batty. He's a lecturer at DMU, uh, De Montfort University. That's where I work. Uh, he does uh, music technology and innovation uh, and music technology and performance. But music technology and innovation is about using technology uh, to change the way that we see music. Uh, and he has this amazing quote that I always will remember, but I've written it down just in case I forget any part of it. Uh, but he says, uh, it's about how you're creative. And I think a lot of this, this sort of relates to what, what I'm doing at the moment, which is why I'm not producing as much content as before. I'm on hiatus while I learn something. So I can't keep making stuff without stopping for a while to learn things. Yep. And it takes a long time for a, an older gent, as you know, Eric, to pick up things. He just called me old. Just, I was talking about me. <laughs> uh, but younger people will just get it like that. Uh, or they'll be able to ingest more content or whatever. But um, I'm finding it harder and harder to learn as I get a bit older. But uh, a quote he... Quote he gave me something he told me the other day, 
sort of made me think maybe that's not quite the case and I could learn a bit more cleverly and I'm going to share that with you now. Um, so he said, if you think about it, uh, if the internet only had 100 pages, then there wouldn't really be very much value to it because there wouldn't be many links that you could make between things. Um, and as a creative thinker or a technologist, the more pages you have in your mental internet, uh, the more links you can make between ideas and therefore the more we can respond creatively to the challenges that come before us. So it was a really great quote about pulling in ideas from all these different places, not just following one website or one streamer, not saying that people yeah. should desert you, but people should look in all over the place and just pick, yes. pick from every little bit and then bring yes. those ideas together and see what sparks. And that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm researching old 4000 series chips and I want to do a series on that but first of all I want to learn how to use them yeah uh, I'm also researching robotics researching artificial intelligence which is entirely computer-based at the moment uh, Wolfram Alpha is something I'm looking into with the Raspberry Pi so that should be exciting very cool but that that was a, a brilliant quote I think about creativity and I think we can all learn from that and certainly ponder over it and think whether we are pulling from enough places and, and really expanding our mental internet as it were Absolutely. It's a fantastic quote. I have to agree with it fully. You've seen my channel. You know how it's yeah. pretty much like squirrel, squirrel. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I know from your live streams that the amount of video sources you pull from, and every time you say, if you're not subscribed to this guy, you should be, I'm like, oh, God. I'm, uh, there's so much content. I can't, I can't fit it all in. I'm too old for this. And the watch, watch later. That is the best tool on YouTube. Just keep clicking that, hover over it, and click that watch later button. It's and always like, it's always, there's it's, always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. That's what I keep telling myself. There's always time. It, I don't get back to them all, but it is an amazing resource. I, I think, I don't even know how many subscriptions I have now. I think it's over like 1,500. And a lot of those channels are dead now, but I just, if I don't have time, which I usually don't, I just click that watch later and I'll skim through and I'll pick and choose. And it's it's so scattered on any given day. The content, I'll go right from uh, brain interface, advanced medical stuff to how to filter water in a survival situation. <laughs> and actually, you'll see downrange how those actually connect. <laughs> silly projects, but it's really important that we pull from all these different sources and learn it can be tech overload, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's, there is a TED talk that was on recently that I saw on YouTube, and it was about um, uh, prosthetics, and I think you should watch it. You'll have to go back on the, the – is it TEDx? I'm not sure it was. One of those. That's but, the problem. There's too many TED but, channels now, too. Uh, but <laughs> this one has a little bit of a tearjerker, actually, so you should really go and watch it, but it was very it, impressive. If you can find that, throw, throw the link my way or throw it in the G Plus community. I know it'll okay, be good. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. Well, thank you, David. Really appreciate you joining us tonight. Cool. Well, I've had a great time. Um, so thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>